Hey, Husker fans, welcome to another episode of the Husker Big Red Podcast with Chris Peterson and Danny Gillette. As always, go Big Red. Hey, Husker fans, welcome back to the Husker Big Red YouTube channel. I'm Chris Peterson, and joining me as always is Danny Gillette, and we're back for another episode of the Husker Big Red Podcast this morning. It's been a couple of days. We took a little bit of time off there for the holiday and the new year, but uh, it's back, and we're back. It's 2024, and uh, Danny, how you doing this morning? Good. It's my birthday, so, I mean, it, there's something, but other than that, I'm doing all right. Happy birthday, man. I didn't know it was your birthday today. How, how many uh, How many years old are you today? 29. 29. What, what's, uh, what's on the list for your birthday? New quarterback for the Patriots? New quarterback <laughs> for the Patriots, a basketball win tonight, and a new running back and wide receiver for uh, Nebraska would be quite the uh, trifecta of presence. And apparently, you know, we have some exciting wide receiver targets coming to campus this weekend. Yeah, def things have uh, shifted up a little bit, you know, with the transfer portal talk. So um, let's definitely get to that. A lot of exciting things. You mentioned the basketball game tonight. Um, before we get into everything, um, if you guys haven't done us the huge favor of hitting subscribe to the channel yet, please do that. Uh, please hit the like button. Um, really is a big favor to us. So if you like the show, um, please uh, hit the subscribe button so you won't miss any of our content going forward. But you mentioned it, Danny. It's a big week for the transfer portal, it's a recruiting dead period still, but there's a special window open. I think it's January 3rd through the 7th for transfer portal players to uh, take visits. And, um, yeah, it's going to be a big weekend for Nebraska. We know Dan Dante Dowdell is going to be visiting. And uh, there's also a couple of wide receivers talking about being uh, visiting Nebraska this weekend. Um, Isaiah Neighbor is the next one that uh, kind of came up on the board. Um, he Played at Wyoming um, previously. He was at Texas last year. Um, this one has been confirmed, uh, according to Sean Callahan of Oscar Online. So he is coming. And then the one that's kind of up in the air is uh, Wake Forest wide receiver Jamal Banks. We don't. It hasn't been confirmed. Uh, Sean Callahan talked to him yesterday, I believe, and he still like hadn't doesn't have a firm date. So I'm not sure if that's uh, you know connected to you know Isaiah Nayer coming here. If there's if they're only taking one, that's my read. And I don't know if Nebraska needs or has room for two transfer portal wide receivers i quite honestly don't think they need more than one i mean they are pretty loaded at the wide receiver position experience is one thing but in terms of numbers and bodies you know they're pretty set at the wide receiver position and uh i have to say i think nayer would be an interesting an interesting target um you know his most productive year was 2021 uh when he recorded a little over 800 receiving yards and 12 touchdowns. Uh, last year, he caught, you know, a pass for 14 yards, but the potential is definitely there. Uh, he's a deep threat, uh, six foot three, 215 pounds. And say what you want, but the last transfer wide receiver we got out of Texas did, you know, served us well. He served as well. So I'll be interested to see, um, you know, if Nebraska can make a move on Nair this weekend and, I think that kind of veteran presence, like we had talked about, uh, you know, Nebraska needing in the room, I think that would be filled here. Yeah, and like you said, 6'3", uh, you know, 210, you know, he's a dynamic player when he was at Wyoming, averaged 20 yards uh, per reception that season you talked about. And he was, you know, very sought after in the transfer portal, got hurt in 2022, so he didn't play, um, and then didn't play a lot this year. Just, I mean, Texas is really loaded offensively, so... 
you know, this is a guy I think is looking to go somewhere where he can be the number, you know, the number one. And, and I'm not even sure that that's going to be him here at Nebraska because Malachi Coleman could be the number one next year. I mean, it just it depends how all those guys develop. But if he comes here, um, Nair, I mean, you know that you're going to have a chance to be, you know, one of those top three guys. I think to me, it looks like Coleman, Lloyd, and whoever this transfer, you know, coming in. Th those that to me feels like the three guys that are going to get like the majority of the targets. And and I agree with you. Not that I'm saying I, I wouldn't want Jamal Banks, but I just don't want to limit, you know, the the progression of some of these other guys who, you know, I, I do think have earned the, you know, the right to be on the field. And um, you know, it's like I don't want Jalen Lloyd and Jaden Dawson, all these guys sitting, you know, for a guy who's only going to be here for one year. And that's another thing with Banks is a a one-year guy where Nayer um has at least two years and I think he could push for three because if he only, <clears throat> excuse me, if he only played one game this year, your medical, you know, he could take a medical redshirt last year and then this year could be a normal redshirt. I'm, I'm not 100% sure if, if you're allowed to do that anymore, but it's possible. Um, but it, he at least has two years here. And I think somebody that averaged 20 yards per reception wouldn't be a bad uh, fit with Dylan Riola quarterback. And you talked about, you know, stunting growth by bringing in a guy like Banks. You also, if you get an A, you don't have to rush the um, development of, you know, a guy like Ja'Cory Barney or even a guy like Demetrius Bell who didn't see the field a ton last season. So, you know, having that extra veteran guy, you know, would definitely help the wide receiver room. Um, you know, the development of other receivers in the room is going to be important because, you know, good programs, they get – you know, a lot of playmakers, then they stack them each year, they develop them each year, and they don't put themselves in difficult positions to where they have to play a freshman when they're not ready. And, you know, with this particular position group, Nebraska has the chance to do that here. And if Nair can help kind of ease the process and ease the progression of, you know, the younger wide receivers in the room as well, you know, not Coleman and, and uh, Lloyd per se, but a guy like Demetrius Bell, Ja'Cory Barney, you know, Isaiah McMorris, Damon Hall, and take the pressure off them and allow them to develop, that also puts the program in a better position long-term. Um, yeah, it will be interesting to see if, uh, yeah, if Banks does visit this weekend. Um, I know he's visiting Michigan. Um, he confirmed that. So I'm not, it feels like, yeah, maybe Michigan might have the, you know, the inside track there, but it doesn't feel like Nebraska is really super pushing for him. So I'm not sure what to make of that. Um, you know, I think it's just, it's just going to depend how uh, the visit goes with Nair. I mean, obviously you worry about the injury thing, but I mean, it is what it is. And, you know, I, I wouldn't, I guess it, I wouldn't rule out them taking two, but I just don't think it's really necessary, but I mean, maybe they feel like it is, maybe they feel like, you know, last year, you know, with Kemp and Washington and all those guys being out, maybe they feel like they could use another veteran. So we'll see how that plays out. But, um, you know, I do think that they're going to get one of those guys, or at least, you know, to me, I this seems like a perfect spot for an air, you know, kid from Texas. He can get, you know, some NIL. He can get an opportunity to play with a dynamic quarterback at a Power 5 school. I mean, because he was at, you know, in the Mountain West Conference before. So I feel like this is a really good opportunity, you know, with the way that the depth chart kind of, sets up for him so hopefully you know Nebraska can get that locked down and um, but for me I guess the you know if we're ranking transfer portal like priorities Dante Dowdell obviously to me is still by far and away like number one got to get that guy like that I feel like he can really change the offense in a big way not 
not get not change the offense, but he can just he's kind of a another missing piece for for what they want to do. And I just feel like that will help them lean into their identity even more running the football. He's probably, you know, my number one target this weekend too, because honestly, I think he would have the chance to be the starter as soon as he comes in. And, you know, know, again, I've said this before, people have been like, oh, we have enough depth and we have enough this and we have enough that. Well, you know, Irvin and Ramirez Johnson have shown that they can't stay healthy and I'm not knocking them. I love them. I'm, I've been very disappointed that they haven't been able to, you know, see the field for, you know, long stretches because of injury. It's just getting to the point where we can't count on them for a full season and having a guy like Dowdell uh, definitely helps the depth at the running back room because they're, as the saying goes, you can never have too much depth. And we saw that pretty early in the season last year. So I think, you know, getting Dowdell is priority number one. Uh, Nebraska didn't really, you know, hasn't really landed a, you know, how do I want to say this? Playmaking running back in the class. I I feel like, and you and I have talked about this, the running back uh, recruiting has been a little thin as of late. Sure, they have quit knives and, you know, guys like that, but, Ives is unproven right now, and I'm hoping he can be a solid player. But, but you know, all that to say, Nebraska needs a running back. Uh, they've, you know, they haven't really addressed it, you know, with too much depth uh, lately with these recruiting classes, and Dowdell would definitely fill a need there. Um, yeah, and another thing I think it should be we should note is that um, now that it's uh, officially January 3rd, the transfer portal ha- has closed. So unless you're a graduate, because graduates can, they don't have to, you know, they can still enter the, I believe they can transfer anytime. Um, so that. I so, believe so, yeah. Um, and so there's not very many guys that, on the Nebraska roster that fit that mold um, that, you know, is somebody that I think anybody's going to really worry about. So nobody else is leaving this roster until, I mean, there is another window in the spring, but um, in terms of, you know, if they, there's not going to be any other attrition right now off of this, you know, roster. So I think that that's a good thing. I mean, if you look at teams that I think, you know, that didn't lose very many guys in the transfer portal, I mean, Nebraska's right there with Michigan as some of the lowest in all of college football, which I think says, you know, that Matt Rule is building the kind of culture that is going to have success long term. And, you know, players are seeing it too. It's one thing for a coach to build it, it's another thing for players to buy in. Players are buying in as well. I mean, I mean, just look at, you know, the All-American Bowl coming up uh, this this weekend, I believe it is. And, you know, Nebraska has three three representatives at the bowl game itself. So, I mean, Matt Rule is building something here, and I think he's building something special. And I'll be interested to watch the game this weekend and see who see if any of the Nebraska commits show out and – you know, I'm I'm excited to see, you know, Carter Nelson and see what he can do. He also has an invite to the Polynesian Bowl. So he's going to be making the uh, all-star game circuit a little bit. And, you know, it just goes to show that Nebraska is being put back into the national conversation. It's good, I think. Yeah, Carter Nelson sounded like from the reports he had a good day yesterday, was with the tight ends. Sounded like they did more blocking than anything. So, I think that's a positive sign. I just want to see how he does. I'm just fascinated to see how he does in like this, 
not that he has never been in 11 11 i mean he's done these recruiting things before but you know those are always that's the that's the you know short and t-shirt you know that's that that you know that's that whole thing seven on seven against air blah 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 um so i'm interested to see how he does in this environment um the practice generally tells you more than the game kind of like the senior bowl you learn a lot of things in practice so you know we'll be you know kind of feeding those reports to you as we you know come across those from the different recruiting sites we'll put those up on huskerbigred.com update you with how carter nelson's doing yeah grant bricks gibson pile also there but i think everybody really wants to see you know because grant it's not like grant bricks and gibson pile of you know they've played their positions whereas carter and he has played tight end i mean technically an eight-man football it's basically tight end wide receivers, the same thing. Um, but, you know, he also played quarterback and running back and did everything else. So I'm just interested to see how he does like focusing on one position, you know, for a week or two. And and so I'm just excited to see his athleticism kind of popping off the screen. Yeah. And, you know, I think his athleticism is going to be something that really separates him, obviously from a crowded tight end room as well. I mean, obviously Nelson isn't, you know, an extremely highly rated recruit, but he's going to have a lot of competition at the tight end position just in the 2024 class alone. And this job isn't going to be just handed to him. And, you know, I think on top of that, he's arriving late to campus. I think he's going to be a fall arrival, if I'm not mistaken. So he's going to have his work cut out for him when he gets to Lincoln. It's not going to be a walk in the park. So I'm curious to see how he embraces the competition uh, once he gets to campus. Yeah. And he, um, you know, they have him listed on the, you know, on the roster. Um, so I'm not sure about, I don't have to check the, the early enrollee thing, but he is six foot five. They have him listed at Huskers.com. It's six foot five, 225 pounds, and he runs wow. with 40 and four or five. So, um, yeah. yeah, he's one of the greatest athletes to, I mean, him and Malachi Coleman, just in terms of pure athleticism, in terms of pure, just giving you something to mold a piece of clay and say, make something out of this. I mean, Rule and Company got a lot in Malachi Coleman and Carter Nelson. So, Hopefully they can make something great out of it and hopefully they can add this uh, transfer portal running back. I haven't heard anything about Xre Alexander. Um, they did offer a defensive tackle this week too out of uh, South Dakota state or excuse me, North Dakota state. Um, so, you know, there's some other guys out there that, that one kind of surprised me a little bit, not just because I don't think they necessarily need, but you know, it's always the same thing. You can never have enough, um, you know, defensive linemen. There's never, there's no such thing as too much defensive line depth. I mean, the Philadelphia Eagles have shown us that in the NFL. Um, so Javier Derrett is his name. I, again, I know I probably mispronounce a lot of people's names, but I'm a print journalist, so <laughs> just deal with it. But he, over the course of his career, 6'2", 280, 11 sacks, 90 career tackles. Last year, he had three and a half tackles for loss, uh, two and a half sacks. So just somebody that, you know, could be an interior pass rusher. And I mean, because, man, if you have somebody else that I feel like he could be a, a starter in the base defense, you know, to the three, three, five, um, you know, not that not that it's a huge weakness, but just if you can allow some of those guys to focus more on pass rushing and if you can have somebody else to rotate with, you know, Ty Robinson and Nash uh, Hutchmaker, I don't think that's a bad thing. But this guy also has a ton of offers, so I'm not sure where Nebraska stands in the mix. No, it's always good to have depth. You know, you have your two main guys, but it's always good to have depth. And, you know, I think that, you know, it's also going to be important to manage the workloads of Robertson and um, Hutchmacher. Not that they can handle it, but, you know, to have those two as the main source of production at the defensive tackle position, 
probably is a bit of a risky, you know, proposition as the season gets, you know, into the later months. So it would be good to pick up some more defensive tackle depth just for the sake of it, for depth, basically. Um, yep. And then, you know, Xtree Alexander, another guy in Nebraska is offered, but still nothing happening there, really. Um, so, yeah, let's uh, shift gears to uh, tonight at the vault, man. The Tomanagas are going to be in town. I don't know if you saw that. Casey's yeah. parents are going to be there. Um, so it's a big game for Nebraska. Indiana comes into this one 2-0 and um, in the Big Ten Conference. This is obviously the stretch of uh, 18 Big Ten games, and it's going to define whether we go dancing this year. Um, this is the kind of game you got to win. You look at the Ken Palm rankings. Um, Indiana is um, – number 88 overall in the Ken Palm. Um, Nebraska is 53. So, I mean, just this is a game that the Huskers got to win. Of course, Indiana is a very big team. Um, that's They've got uh, Khalil Ware, I believe is his, is his name again. I'm sorry I don't if I'm not pronouncing it correctly, but uh, he came over from Oregon. Um, they've got another big guy. Um, basically, their entire front court is like six, nine guys. So um, we'll see. Rink Mast is questionable tonight. Not sure if he's going to be back from injury, but it would sure help. Uh, but, you know, Nebraska, I've, we've said it, the great thing about this team is, you know, they can play big, they can play small. So I, I think even without rank mass, I think they can still uh, get enough bodies out there to match up with this Indiana team. Yeah, it's going to be a tough game. Like you said, they're they're big, they're tall, you know, they have, they have experience as we do. Um, you know, I think it's going to, you know, come down to efficiency. You know, who can limit the turnovers, the, the who can have the least turnovers, and who can, you know, shoot the ball, you know, well. And I know that's kind of like a, you know, no crap, like obviously, but there's been some stretches for Nebraska where they've been really efficient shooting the basketball, while others stretches have been kind of not good at all. So Nebraska needs to make sure that, you know, they get everybody involved and get their playmakers involved and make sure to hold on to the basketball in this one. Yeah, that's going to be a big key, turnovers, uh, limiting turnovers, because that has been a bit of an issue with this team that doesn't really, you know, Jamarcus Lawrence slightly out of position at point guard. He's done a great job, but slightly out of position, you know, just still and still learning. He's, this is first year starting, so it takes time to – point guard is a little bit like quarterback if there's any position in college basketball. You know, it takes time to develop that position. Um, so, at any rate – um, but the three-point shooting is a very good point um, in the sense that Nebraska is 11-2 and two this year. Um, when they have shot 35% or better um, from the three-point line, they're 11-0 this season. So, you know, that if, if they make their threes, then they're a pretty tough team to beat. So, you know, it's like it's hard to say that, you know, yeah, that sounds like a pretty simple thing. But a lot of times in basketball it is, you know, make or miss. And uh, so they've got to make their shots. You know, Gary, Tomanaga, I mean, all those guys, Bryce Williams, and then you know, it's just about doing a good enough job defensively. Um, Malik Renew um, is another guy, 6'9". Um, Mackenzie Mbako, I believe is his name. He's a five-star freshman, so he's 6'8". All three of those guys average um, double figures. But Indiana, they don't shoot three-pointers. They only make four three-pointers a game, and their three-point defense is not good. So basically, the formula for Nebraska is they've got to win at the three-point line. If they don't have like a 10, 15 point advantage at the three point line. It's going to be, it's going to be tough. So hopefully uh, Mr. Tomonaga will see uh, Kese drill a few shots tonight. I, I would love it, man. You know, it's uh, the vault's always rocking and for a big 10 game, and especially that this team is going to be good. Like it's not going to be easy to come in here and, and beat the Huskers in Lincoln. No. And you know, I, I always go back to the Purdue game last year, just in terms of the atmosphere and 
I remember the place was rocking and everybody was having a great time. And, you know, I think, I think there is a real home court advantage here when you uh, come to the vault and it's good. It's going to be a fun game. It's going to be a fun game. And, you know, just one other thing, you know, as long as Nebraska limits their fouls and stays out of foul trouble, that, that would also be another key to victory tonight. And, you know, you mentioned India doesn't really shoot three-pointers that well. You know, that means, you know, and I actually watched a couple of their games uh, this year on Big Ten Network, and they drive the basketball a lot. So making sure to stay out of foul trouble and, you know, staying on your man and not collapsing entirely in the paint is also going to be important for Nebraska. Yeah, Josiah Leak's really going to have to play well tonight defensively. Um, so tip off uh, 8 p.m. Central time for you Nebraska people. Be Big Ten Network. Huskers are a five-and-a-half-point favorite. Uh, who you taking, Danny? Let's throw out a prediction here. Put you on the spot. Nebraska 84-77. I'm going to say Nebraska 78-71. Okay. Well, so we're 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 taking taking Nebraska with the points tonight, five and a half points. So take that for what you will, gambling people. <laughs> Dude, these these nine p.m. starts for me are rough. <laughs> it's it's pretty late. It's pretty late for basketball. Yeah, I mean, even though it's seven p.m. my time, and I guarantee I'm gonna have to be like you know drinking some caffeine. I'm an old person now, so. <laughs> I, I don't me know. too. I don't know. Me I don't too. know how you Nebraska. Yeah, I don't know how you're gonna be. That's like eleven o'clock your time, man. Uh, that's. That's why I'm glad you write about basketball because these big ten games at Tuesday at 10 p.m. are not are not doing it for me. Yeah, they're so. they're tough, but at least hey, it's not on uh, freaking BTN plus. So I'll I know take I the can wins. watch. That's the other thing. I think yeah. we're gonna get. I think we're gonna. I think I'm gonna be able to see the rest of these games this year, if I'm not mistaken. Now, yeah, I don't. I I think yeah, I think they're all on at least Peacock. So no more. I shouldn't say that, but I I don't think anymore on BTN plus. I'm gonna be really pissed if they are. But, no, uh, I yeah, uh, I am not a fan of Big Ten Plus, and I don't care if they the Big Ten Plus people see this, but you got to switch up your formula. You got to switch up your formula because it's not working. It's not it, as the kids say. It's too much, man. Like you got to market correct. Like nine ninety. Like I'm just I'm just not gonna pay like for one team nine ninety nine a month. Like if it was like three ninety nine, maybe. And then I probably would do it. I'm not for like I'm one not, or two that games team. that we actually want to watch. Yeah, it's just it's like I'm not really to me. I just would rather I'll just listen to you know I'll just listen to CantonHuskers.com man on the radio broadcast. It doesn't it doesn't you know they show the highlights on Twitter, so it's not like I can't see what's happening. And that's how I follow pay. a lot of those Big Ten Plus games. Honestly, highlights on Twitter and yeah. Uh, so now hopefully we'll switch to Big Ten Network and I'll uh, I'll I'll be able to watch some more and yeah. I mean. Now we're going to get into the meat of the schedule. Now it's time to see. There's been a lot of uh, pushback as to whether the uh, team has played anybody. And, you know, they played nobody, blah, 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 this and that. You know, I hear it all the time from the fans. Well, if you want them to play people, you know, now's there. Now it's now's where it begins. And, you know, they've already had a few quad one wins. So I'm hoping they keep it rolling in conference play. And yeah, I think you know Oregon State, Kansas State, Duquesne—they got some—they got some solid ones. So as long Michigan as Michigan State, I think. Yep, Michigan we'll be, State will be in there. So, yep. So as long a, as they, uh, yeah, I think I think they've done fine. I don't, I'm not worried about the schedule at all. As long as they, if this team has a winning record in Big Ten play, it's going dancing. That's I believe that. So, makes the Minnesota loss even more frustrating last month. So. 
It does, yeah. Um, but it is what it is. Let's see if they can get to a winning record tonight um, and knock Indiana from the unbeaten. And then uh, last thing um, for the volleyball folks, big transfer portal edition this week for the Huskers actually came down on New Year's Day. Taylor Landfair from Minnesota. Um, and, you know, this is already a loaded Nebraska team. They did you know, lose, uh, you know, a couple depth pieces in the transfer portal, but none of the starting players. And uh, Landfair, 2022 Big Ten Player of the Year, six foot five, All-American. Uh, it was basically down in Nebraska and Wisconsin. She chose Nebraska. So another huge weapon for John Cook. And, man, it's it really is national title or bust for this team. Yeah, and when you look at like we've we've talked about before, all the players returning, and you know with the with you know the addition of Landfair to the transfer portal, it's like it's like you know this program constantly reloads and is in a good position uh, to succeed. And you know she she already brings experience to the roster, so I'm very interested to see what the volleyball program does next year. You could tell they were hungry. After their loss this past season, uh, you know, they, they made the proclamation that they're going to win three straight titles, except maybe not as eloquently, but I love it. I love it. So I'm going to, we're going to have to see, you know, how Landfair fits in. And I think she'll do a really good job here for the program. And, you know, it's just, it's, it's really a testament to not only how well John Cook can coach, but how well he recruits. Yeah, and it's interesting because he he did say you know kind of that thing about transfers in the post game of the national title match, but you know this team isn't built on transfers. You you got to supplement with transfers. So um, you know it's people trying to say like he's a hypocrite. They don't really get the point of it. And Nebraska's always had transfers, so um, you know they just don't they don't build their entire team that way. And that's how he wants to build it. That's not saying it's right or wrong. That's just his philosophy. And uh, Merritt Beeson was a great addition last year in the portal. Um, and hopefully uh, this will turn out to be just as productive. And um, I have to say, regardless, I feel like Nebraska is the favorite going into next season based on what they did this year and, and who's coming back. So, and Texas, Texas, I mean, they, they, they played the defending national champs that had almost all their team back. So that's not going to be the case next year. And truth be told in any sport, coaches can hate the transfer portal, but you gotta use the transfer portal in order to keep up. So I mean, it's a double-edged sword. You and you can you can hate the transfer portal, but also use it to keep up because you almost need to these days. So it is what it is. That's just the way of college sports now. And you know, I mean, it'll be interesting to see, you know, how the transfer portal, you know, helps you know all our programs moving forward. Because quite honestly, uh, Coach Hoy Coach Hoiberg has done a good job of using the transfer portal over the past couple seasons, and he's been able to make entire rosters out of it. <laughs> so, yeah, transfer portal, I think has been good, you know, or can be good for Nebraska, especially, you know, with the way that coach rules doing it, you know, they're, they're not building their team out of it. They're getting the right guys and they're keeping their guys out of it. So, I mean, there was a lot of guys on this team that could have went pro that could have transferred, that could have got big paydays somewhere else. And they chose to stay here. And uh, that, so, you know, say what you want about the transfer portal, but if you got the right culture and you got the right people, then you're not going to be impacted by it flat out. So, you know, it's, it's just kind of one of those things. You, you can't cry about it. You just got to, you got to do the best that you can to make sure that your players want to be where, where they are. And I think Nebraska in terms of football, you know, has done a great job of that under Matt rule. Absolutely. And, you know, I think it's going to be interesting to see, you know, how, how this program can continue to compete and how they adjust, especially with, 
well, it's 2024 now. I was going to say next year, but Washington, Oregon, uh, USC, UCLA. I mean, it's going to be interesting to see uh, how all this shakes out. It really is. We got to get uh, we got to get Nebraska to be part of an All Big Ten uh, national championship game someday. I mean, but you know, maybe this year, maybe this year. I don't know. And that's something I was thinking about. Uh, we got to get rolling here, but you know, you look at yeah. Michigan and they were struggling. And what what really changed their program? Uh, I mean, they they were good on defense since the day Jim Harbaugh. Arrived. I mean, they switched defensive coordinator. They got a new defensive coordinator. And they, they switched to the Ravens defense. So what Nebraska do, we got a new defensive coordinator, not running that defense, but, you know, running a pretty damn good defense. And Michigan got a five-star quarterback and Nebraska's got a five, you know, just like that showed. I mean, what J.J. McCarthy was able to do, like those guys matter. And uh, I think that Dylan Raiola is right in that mix. And frankly, I think that he has a chance to be better than J.J. McCarthy. So, you know, a couple of years down the road, like it's not, I know it's dreaming and I don't want to like, you know, do all those, do all that gotta stuff. got to get you on record here saying Nebraska, <laughs> Big Ten champions, 2024. Amp the hype, but just, no, it's just, I think, you know, when you have a, when you have the quarterback, anything is possible. And that's what I want to say to Nebraska fans. Over the next three years, anything is possible. And to tie this all in, who transferred from Indiana to Washington and is now in the national championship game? Michael Pence. Yeah, yeah. Michael that's crazy. And yeah. You know, aside from his medicals, not to go off too, too far off a tangent, but damn, he's fun to watch. He is so much fun to watch. I'm excited for next Monday. I really am. It's going to be a I, I I think it's going to be a great game. It's not going to be 70,000 to 10 Georgia like last year. So that's that's the plus. But I think it's going to be a really fun game next Monday. It is. Yeah. And Phoenix should have won the Heisman. Um, I've, I got a Heisman vote. I voted for him. I don't understand why or how people voted for Jaden Daniels. Like I get the, it's like, yeah, he put up great numbers, but who cares about throwing eight touchdowns against Mississippi state? Like who did you, you didn't play well enough against Florida state. You didn't beat Alabama. And like, man, like if Michael Phoenix wasn't on this team, they'd be seven and five, like they'd be eight and yeah. four, you know, like it's just, to me, it's like, you know, he has just transcended this program. And so, uh, you know, this is one of those where, you know, you always get those where after you know, the NFL MVP or after the Heisman, you do the bowl season and you're like, yeah, this guy, this guy should have won the Heisman. Michael Penix Jr. should have won. He got robbed of the Heisman, no doubt about it. It's probably the worst case of West Coast bias in Heisman Trophy history. I agree. And, you know, also, uh, I, I, I think, you know, Bo Nix is another example of the transfer portal working out pretty yeah. well in this case for Oregon. So, but. My takeaway from all of this is that I think it's pretty cool you get a Heisen vote. I didn't know you were a Heisen vote. That's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, I'm one of the one of the people in Montana that gets a, a Heisman vote. So, yeah. do you represent it, you know your your paper or um, is it? Yep. Yeah, I represent my newspaper. Yeah. Cool. That's really cool. So, yeah, it is pretty cool. Um, so yeah, last year I voted for Caleb Williams, and uh, so yeah, this year it was Michael Penix Jr. and you know, people can say I'm a Michigan homer, but I didn't have uh, – I had Marvin – I had Marv third this year. I had Jaden Daniels number two. Last year I had uh, C.J. Stroud was – I think I had him top three. And then um, I'm trying to think who I did runner-up, but I can't I can't quite remember. I think it was the TCU kid. Um, but uh, anyway, yeah, it's pretty fun. But anyways, Phoenix got robbed. So I agree. We'll, uh, 
We'll see how that turns out next week. Hopefully the Huskers win tonight. Um, that's all the time that we have for today, you guys. So thanks again for joining us with for another episode. Make sure you check out HuskerBig HuskerBigRed.com uh, for all your Husker content. Uh, and as always, go Big Red. Go Big Red.